You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fox on the Wire podcast. I hope you are all doing well. Thank you very much for tuning in again. We have a very exciting episode today. For the first time on Fox on the Wire, we are traveling across to Canada. So through the week, my buddy Michael Yule, who we've had on the show here, uh, he sent me a video of this guy covering Like a Stone, the Audio Slave song, uh, doing an acoustic version, and um, I loved it. So, you know, I sent him a comment, said, sounds great, he hit me back, and before you know it, we're, we're hooking up a, a podcast episode. I invited him to come on the show. So that's what we're doing today. We're, we're going to speak with Tommy Teasdale of the band The Carbons, who are from Canada. We had to battle a, uh, a 17-hour time difference, but we got there. Tommy and I had a great chat. Um, I think you're going to really enjoy what we spoke about. And uh, Tommy's a really, really interesting guy and um, obviously has a, a different perspective living in a different country um, but yeah, he's got a lot of great things to, to talk about and to say. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, just a reminder to follow Fox on the Wire on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, let's get straight to the episode. Hope you enjoy it. Please share it if you do. And don't forget to subscribe. Here we go. Tommy Teasdale of The Carbons. Enjoy. Welcome, Tommy. What up? How you doing? Fox, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we made it happen. Yeah, I know. It took a few tries, but we got, we're here. It's bound to happen with a, uh, what is it, a 17-hour difference? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like 16 hours sometimes, and other times it's 17 hours. Uh, yeah, I know. I can barely keep my time zone <laughs> together in my phone, so, you know, I'm glad you were patient. <laughs> that's all right. You're a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. By the end of this, you might have had enough of me. You might change your opinion. <laughs> yeah, you haven't asked me anything yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. So why is your music so your music so shitty? Oh well, <laughs> I haven't thought about it this way. Well, you know that's not true actually, because oh, I was okay. well, about an hour ago. I was at the supermarket with my girlfriend, and um, you know, I've often got music going through my head and. Sometimes you just sort of let it play and you're not really thinking about it. And then um, I realized it was one of your one of your tunes, The Carbons, um, <laughs> Superhero, because I've you know, been listening to your stuff sort of uh, prepping for this uh, chat. And, um, yeah, I realized it was your tune. So it mustn't be shitty music. I must like it. <laughs> oh, well, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a great tune. Thanks, man. Um, so you released that, uh, was it in March this year during the well, early part of the pandemic, I guess? Yeah, it was in May actually, but kind of like smack right down the middle. Um, what happened was we were actually going to go, we, we initially wanted to release it May 8th and, uh, and we, we had this like show planned in our hometown and we we're going to try to sell 400 tickets and make it into like, you know, this next level thing. And, uh, before that we were going to go down to the United States to do a two week tour down to California. Yeah. And, and uh, COVID for us like hit, um, March 13th 
which was the day we were going to leave for the tour oh, and the what? borders closed. Yeah. Well, the, they've been fully closed between Canada and the U S at this point, but basically if you still wanted to go down, it was for essential things and you were potentially subject to like a quarantine when you got back. So at this point we didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, and so we decided, okay, it's, time to like cancel the tour at this point, like the NBA had canceled their season at, at NHL and, you know, bigger bands like Pearl jam had canceled their tour. And so two days before I was basically like, well, this doesn't really affect us. And then two days later it did affect us. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously everyone knows how quickly things are changing at this point. Right. But um, yeah. So then, so then, sorry. Yeah. I guess um, to wrap it up, but like, we decided uh, not to release anything. We kind of put a break on everything. And uh, after a couple weeks, people started acting like superheroes. Like mm -hmm. people were just being so kind to their neighbors and, you know, essential workers were going to work, even though their lives were potentially at risk. And, um, and, um, you know, people were like staying on their balconies, singing to each other in quarantine. And it was really inspiring. And, um, even though we didn't write the song about COVID, um, people were demonstrating, you know, um, superhuman kindness in a sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we decided, okay, well, we're going to release this. And we made a little video um, with a bunch of footage that we found online. And um, yeah, it, um, it kind of struck a nerve with some people or struck a, a chord, I guess, with some people. And um, it was a successful release. Yeah. It's, uh, I saw what you wrote, sort of, you've kind of just touched on it now, but you said everyone has the potential for greatness. Um, Superheroes was written in 2018 to inspire people to overcome the fears that hold them back. Um, it was finally ready to be re released in March, then COVID happened and yeah. So yeah, I really liked what you said there and you're right, it really sort of tied in and um, sort of represented a lot of people in the world during such a time and even still, like we're still going through it. That's right. Well, I think, you know, there's still a lot of, of uh, division happening, but people are just trying to do their best every day, you know, and mm. Um, unfortunately it's, it's a lot of, of negativity and, and a lot of ex extremism that is being portrayed in the news, but for the most part, people are doing a good job and people are being kind to each other. And, and, you know, like I just had a show today, like I was playing acoustically, um, by myself, like not with the full band, but people were being nice and, and, you know, trying to, um, stay socially distanced and, and, you know, some people were hugging because they're in their circles or whatever, but you know, whatever your beliefs are at, the, at this point or whatever your research is in, in terms of, you know, the, the COVID or, or black lives matter or whatever your opinion is. Um, there's people, there's a lot more people being good and being kind to each other than there are people breaking windows. Right. Mm. And it's just unfortunate that, um, what sells is people breaking windows and people destroying shit. Yeah, I think if we turned the news off, sometimes we'd all be better off. <laughs> Holy man! Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, that much. Yeah, sorry, go. 
No, 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 you go. I was just going to get back to that weekend, the March 13th weekend. That's sort of when everything changed here as well. Like I actually, I think I cancelled maybe one or two gigs that weekend myself and yeah, that's when everything really started to shut down one by one, whether it was, you know, festivals or um, I don't know, I can't remember the sporting events, but yeah, that that was the big change that weekend. Yeah. Um, and we've sort of been going through it ever since. Like uh, since last week, you know, masks have become mandatory here in Victoria, the state where I live. Um, yeah. So, you know, I thought we were coming out of it there for a little bit, but we've sort of gone back in. So, but, you know, I didn't want to talk about COVID too much in this. It's hard to avoid because, you know, it's it affects not everybody. To talk about it. I know, yeah. like, my, uh, my bass player at one point, I think it was at some point in like April, he was like, man, like we should, you know, put out a bunch of content not related to COVID or whatever else was happening. I think it was murder hornets at, at one point too. Did you yeah. guys hear about that murder hornets? I, I think I did. Yeah. On the, <laughs> on the podcast. Like, yeah, that's this is how thing. fucked up our world is right now is that people <laughs> are talking about murder hornets. Yeah. It's one um, thing after another. Yeah. And, and anyway, so he said like, you know, let's try to, you know, talk about something else. I'm like, I don't know what else to talk about. Like, this is all I'm getting from yeah. everywhere, from every angle. It's just like not talking about it is almost like ignoring the problem. I think, you know, obviously it's been four months now and a lot of other things have happened and a lot of data has come out. A lot of science has come out. And so we can have a, a more intelligent discussion yeah. about you know, what's been happening in the last four months, but to just, you know, ignore it com completely would be uh, being a, uh, doing a disservice, I think, to, to what has been happening in the last four months. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't expect you to avoid the subject completely. Yeah. I mean, it, like we said, it's hard to avoid. It's affected all of us. I mean, you know, we've still got no live music here. And uh, I thought we were getting closer to it, but it doesn't look like it. So I yeah. was glad to hear that you just played a, a show, you know, even though it involved. Bylaw still showed up. Bylaw and uh, yeah. um, what was what was the other one? Uh, anyways, any two authorities showed up in uh, the, the bar, even though it was all outside. Everybody was like more than six feet apart from each other. Um, they got into a little bit of shit um for some fucking stupid loophole reason um and it's not the bylaw officer's fault right because he doesn't write the regulations he's just trying his best or her best to interpret the stupid bylaw yeah um because it in this case it i don't know what's happening on your side of the world but there's a lot of stupidity a lot of um a lot of unintelligent people making laws faster than they can think about them. Yeah. Um, anyways, I don't want to get too far down into this rabbit hole, but mm. you know, I just wanted to say that like, it's not perfect over here either. Um, yeah. you know, even though we played a show today, there's an open mic that got canceled this week mm. and, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's, it seems like in every part of the world, like, yeah. 
yeah, it's tough. Like um, for venues, I mean, uh, I had um, a local musician. He's a you know he's been in the Australian music industry for like four decades. So he's a yeah he's a legend. I had him on uh, the podcast here a couple of episodes ago, and he also sort of partly runs a music venue. And it was only a couple of weeks ago that they sort of reopened just for for beers, you know, just for drinks, no music yet. And, you know, all the regulations that have been put in place for them just to be able to do that just caused them so much more work, you know, keeping track of how many people are in the venue and then, you know, not letting people in because there's already too many in there and, just all that sort of thing. So I'm I'm not sure where it's at now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they've shut the doors again and um, yeah. probably won't reopen, to be honest. Like there won't – a lot of venues just won't reopen because the pressure this is all put on, you know, small businesses and that sort of thing with extra regulations and stuff. Yeah. It's just too hard for you know, them, I think. Do you know about vitamin D and how important it is to like fight the virus? Yeah, but they don't tell you about that, do they? No. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I try to bring it up as often as I can. Like, yeah. You know, and I'm obviously, it seems like I'm a long hair, dumb musician, but, <laughs> you know, I do have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering. And so, you know, I'm not an expert in virology by any means, yeah. but like, um, I've t- done a little bit of research in it and it appears that vitamin D and obviously all the other vitamins that are essential, but vitamin D, vitamin D is so important because our technology, um, has basically caused everyone to work indoors now. Yeah. You know, not everyone, but like a large majority of the population is working at a desk or at a cubicle indoors now. And so we're not getting enough vitamin D and most people are not supplementing. And it seems that, well, it doesn't seem, it is um, such a crucial vitamin for our immune system. And, um, and that's becoming very obvious trying to fight this virus. So I don't know. I just wanted to, you know, kind of talk about that briefly because it's so important and i brought it up i was singing about it today i have this song that's like kind of a joke song but it's like um this guy who falls in love with his best friend's sister (laughs) and uh and so in the second verse i usually like um I usually like improvise the verse and I try to like switch it up every time. And so today I was talking about vitamin D. I'm like, if you go out on a date with her and you're not wearing a mask, you better bring some fucking vitamin D or otherwise I'm going to slit your throat or whatever. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, make sure I take lots of vitamin D. Like I've been doing that for a couple of years now because I work indoors um, and you know, I've got red hair. So I think someone told me to take a little bit more. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm pretty consistent with the vitamin D. It's easy to, you know, it's easy to take. Um, I keep yeah, some here I mean, and I it's... keep some at work. So, yeah, no, I keep that up pretty well and um, get a bit of sun when I can, but not too much. So I don't, you know, Yeah, well, you don't want to burn either, right? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, especially like we're going through winter now, so um, you know it's uh, probably even more risky at this stage. So yeah, pretty important to keep up the vitamin D and zinc too. Is that right? Zinc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I haven't, um, I haven't looked into that one as much. Um, it seems like that's uh, a big one as well. I think if you just get a multivitamin, like yeah. zinc is part of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to talk too much about that one. Cause I, I, I don't know enough about it to, yeah. to really talk about that. But, but I mean, vitamin D you get it from the sun. So if you're not getting it from the sun, you should just supplement and you're not, you can't like overdose on vitamin D. So no, no, no. Well, you heard that people get on your vitamin D's and stay healthy. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I don't want to like, you know, breach <laughs> anything because it's just like nobody else is talking about it. No, like, no, no. Like none of the fucking government officials or like mainstream media is is telling people to, to take vitamin D. So it's like, you know, I feel like a little bit of a, what do you call it? You know, like I feel a little bit out of place not being a nutritionist talking about yeah. this, but it's like, you don't need to be a fucking nutritionist nah. to tell people to take vitamin D. <laughs> nah, it's a simple thing. So yeah. I think, you know, we've probably got to educate ourselves more so like amongst ourselves rather yeah. than take everything from the news. But I guess yeah. that could be a slippery slope too. you know, people giving wrong information and that sort of thing. But yeah. I think, yeah, taking vitamin D is not a, not a bad thing. So <laughs> it's nothing too controversial. I What's feel that? pretty safe we're going to get sued for somebody taking vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. How dare you promote something healthy? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. We talked right. about it. So I wanted to give a shout out to my buddy, Michael Yule. So the other night, when was it? No, Wednesday wait, night. You know Michael? Yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's the one that sort of put me onto you guys. So I was sitting up late the other night. I wasn't able to sleep and I'm just sort of, you know, stuffing around on YouTube. And I got a message from him and he's like, dude, check this out. And um, it was your video, your cover of um, Audio Slaves Like a Stone. So nice. I've chucked it on and it looked looked wicked straight away. And then um, it sounded good. You started singing. I'm like, oh, wow. This is, this is really good. Um, so, you know, I gave it a like and, you know, it's it's hard to get reactions out of people these days, um, like comments, whether it's negative or positive. So um, I went back into it. I'm like, oh, I should write a comment, even if it's, you know, just something simple like that sounds great, you know. So I did because I didn't want to, I think you you deserved a bit more feedback than just, you know, a bit of a thumbs up. So I just wanted right. to... Um, especially because I'm a, a huge Cornell fan and Audio Slave and Soundgarden and all that, and I thought, yeah, you definitely deserved it. And then you know, you wrote back and said thanks, and we sort of chatted a bit from there, I guess. And um, and here we are. But yeah, I just wanted to shout out to Michael because uh, he sort of picked it up somewhere and shared it with me because he knows I'm a fan. And um, yeah, I thought it was great. So that's amazing, dude. That's yeah. such a good story. Um, you know, we met Michael. So a little backstory, like we basically, um, got a, a little bit of a tour in Australia last November and 
the person that booked our tour couldn't get us any shows in Melbourne. And then we decided, fuck it. We're going to drive to Melbourne anyways. We get there and we hit like three open mics the first night we were there. And there's, there's probably 10 that night, but obviously we can only hit three, mm. you know? And we meet Michael that first day. And he's like, you guys should come back on Wednesday. This might've been like Monday or Tuesday or something. You guys should come back. Right. And do a full set. And so we do a full set. And then the bar owner comes out that day and he's like, you guys should come back on Saturday. I already have a band, but you know, maybe I can get you in like earlier or something like that. And, and Michael gets us into like this other open mic at a different spot. And he's just like such a quality dude, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and for you to say that, like, you know, we've made enough of an impression, um, that he's sharing now our stuff with you. That's what it takes, man. In this yeah. business, it's just like, you just have to like more than just believe, but you know, you just have to go out there and, and just be yourself and, and play whatever, wherever you can play. And somebody will tell somebody else. And it, it, it's tough to, um, you know, I, I, the reason I, I, I'm talking about this is I'm really glad you brought that up because not everybody does that. And, and it's hard to, it's hard to continue on this path because sometimes people don't say that and you don't know where you got that fan from. And you think that you just got lucky, but in reality, it's like, it's your hard work paying off, mm. but nobody tells you. No. Right. So thank you. Yeah. No, thank, absolutely. thank you for giving a shout out to Michael Ewell. He's a great guy and he deserves it. Yeah. Now I've known Michael a few years now and, um, uh, he, oh, he recorded my first EP then my first album and then he started playing bass with me, but you know, he's a, he's a jack of all trades and you know, he's, yeah. you know, before all this, he was running a bunch of open mic nights and you know, he's got connections everywhere. So you're probably lucky you ran into him cause, uh, he, um, he, yeah, obviously hooked you up when you were sort of uh, not desperate, but you know, a bit out of, bit out of luck. And um, yeah, he's probably yeah. a good guy to run into. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. It's like, um, you know, uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparedness. Yeah. Right. And um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's great. And, and it's great that you said as well that, you know, you give it a like and you're like, well, maybe I'll, I'll give them a comment. That yeah. made like a huge difference. Now here we are, we're talking, we're actually making, <laughs> um, you know, a, a genuine connection more yeah. than just like a thumbs up, like a thumbs up is great. I'm not saying anything, there's anything wrong with that, but like, you know, you went the extra mile and then that made me want to go like a, a little bit further. And then, you know, it took me fucking three <laughs> tries to get our time zones in order. Like here we are and we're having a great time. Yeah. Well, you know, I could have commented and then you could have just given me the thumbs up on that comment, but you actually went the extra step and replied to me and noticed that I was a musician as well. And, you know, there it goes. We're off and running and, you know, made a really cool connection. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's important that we communicate, I guess. So to anyone listening, 
don't just give the thumbs up. That's nah, we need the comments. <laughs> even even if you say this sucks, man, you should quit music forever. You know, just say it so we <laughs> we get an idea of who's listening and what they really think. So no feedback. Is, yeah, <laughs> that is a great point. Yeah, saying that this sucks, I want to slit my throat is better than a <laughs> thumbs down or a yeah. thumbs up. You're yeah. totally right, King. Let me tell you why. Because I have like Facebook ads going for some of our songs. And some people do say that. They say, just you suck, or this makes me want to kill myself. Or like, you know, the worst fucking shit. Like, they're just being horrible, you know? But you know what I do is I actually comment back. Yeah. And I, whatever they say, I really try hard to um to think that they're being very well intentioned so um what was the last one that i had i think it was something like this so the the ad is the ad that i have is like you'll never guess who this band sounds like and some people say um this sounds like horribleness times two or whatever. And so I'll go on, on, on Spotify and figure out if there's a band called horribleness times two. And most of the time, whatever people comment, I actually found, find a band that's called whatever their insult they're throwing at me. And so I'll I'll link them the band's page. And I'm like, is this what you meant? (laughs) And so reaction number one is, or like there's three outcomes that usually come out of this. Um, number one, they just don't say anything at all. Cause it's just like, they don't know what to say. It's just like, Oh shit. Like there's actually a band. Like he took my words literally, you know, instead of like being offended and yeah. then found the band and then they just shut down. Usually if that happens, somebody else will comment and like laugh or just like put the laughing emoji on it. So like that's scenario one or scenario two, they'll, um, kind of like laugh it off and be like, Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean it in a bad way. Like I just didn't like your music for these reasons. <laughs> and then we start a conversation and then sometimes they'll actually come out of it and be like, well, maybe I'll give you a second chance. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the third scenario <laughs> is they're just like, fucking angry they're just an angry person and we just go down this little rabbit hole for um for 15 minutes and i'm realizing okay like this is a troll basically yeah right so it's pretty uh you're right it's better to say this sucks and i want you to kill yourself or whatever (laughs) whatever kind of fucking insult you can come up with it's better to do that than the thumbs down exactly yeah like sometimes you don't know where you stand it's like got you know like a bunch of likes and like on your video for example the one the um like a stone cover you know last time i looked you had a whole bunch of likes but there were like three three or four thumbs down and i'm like you know why did you even (laughs) tell these guys why you didn't like it or are you just being a dick and it's it's just nice to know sometimes i'm not encouraging people to tell us that we suck <laughs> i'm just saying sometimes it's better to find out than just leave us guessing 
basically. Yeah, totally. Um, well, one thing I would say about that is to just remember that whether it's a negative comment or just a thumbs down or whatever, the people that are really angry and are really saying like negative things, they're not doing things. Right. So if you have like 3000 views and 50 thumbs up or, and then five thumbs down or whatever, it's easy to focus on a five thumbs down. And, you know, if you have a lot of negative comments, it's easy to focus on those, Mm -hmm. but you have to remember that even the people who are saying positive comments, like they're out doing shit. They don't have time to tell you how wonderful you are and, and all the parts that they liked about the song, they're going to say like, great job, keep going. Whereas the guy who's not doing anything for or girl, who's not doing anything with his day, he's going to have all day to tell you how shitty you are because he's not doing anything productive. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we forget about online interaction. Like people on Twitter that are fighting against each other, they're not, building things or creating music or, you know, um, adding to a team environment. They're not playing like a team sport. They're at home doing nothing but complaining about shit online. So, you know, it's easy to forget, I think, um, that very fact and to, to take somebody's negative comment, um, as the truth, you know, you, you look at somebody's negative comment and you're like, oh my gosh, what they're saying is so true because you don't know who's saying it to you. Like if you actually saw their face and how they're delivering it to you, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, yeah. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We take the online stuff too serious sometimes. I mean, it's it's still a weird thing, the online thing, isn't it? Like all the social medias, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, it's we're, a real world, but it's not, it's, it's still a weird thing. Yeah. We're in the ad- adolescent phase of mm. figuring out how to interact online. I think. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. So tell us about um, your decision behind deciding to record like a stone a cover of like a stone and tell us a bit about the video which was really cool thanks man um so i've been wanting to do this song for years actually and um i'm finding out you know through this band the carbons that it's all about execution you know you think about doing something and sure there could be something better but uh, you just got to do it. Like every week you gotta be like, okay, what am I doing this week? Right. And so eventually this song came up and I, um, of all the covers that I could think of doing, this was my, you know, most important cover that I wanted to, to do. And, um, you know, I, I grew up like listening to audio slave and rage and, um, you know, Lincoln park and a bunch of, other bands like that. And, uh, I started looking into the lyrics when I decided I wanted to do this song. And I honestly, like, I'm not a crier, but I like started, I cried like at least four times, like to the point where like I was playing the song and if I was recording it, I was crying too much to like sing. And, um, and I realized that like, 
obviously Chris Cornell, you know, took his own life and, and that song in particular um, has a lot um, of lyrics that are, I think, related to that. And so, um, so it hit me really hard. And, uh, and when that happened, I, I decided that, okay, it was, you know, it was definitive. I, I was going to record the song. And, uh, and I always thought, well, not always, but I, I thought for a long time that the violin would be a really good way to make something that isn't out there already. Cause you know, even Chris Cornell himself didn't like an acoustic version of the song. And I thought, what's a, you know, what would be a good way to make something that isn't quite out there yet? And, and, um, yeah, once I found the violin player and I didn't know, actually, I, I know Mitch like a little bit, but when I told him about the song, he said, that's my favorite song of all time. And I had no idea. Well, yeah. And I had no idea. So he was on board, like before I finished my sentence. So, um, yeah, so it, it came together really quickly. Like I basically talked to him on July, I think July 6th or something. I know. Yeah. Something like that. Like July sixth week or whatever we recorded the week after and then the week after this we released the song yeah yeah so that was mitchell how do you pronounce his surname i think it's howernick yeah i don't even know him that well i know him as mitch right you know his facebook name is mitchell howernick so i just you know um kept to that um really nice guy really talented uh player um, and, uh, he basically does the booking at the place that I played today. Um, right. Okay. But yeah, it was our first time working together. Um, everything worked out really well. So, yeah, well, he, um, I'm going to put the, uh, I'm going to put the link for this video in the show notes so people can check it out. But Mitch, uh, he ripped the freaking Tom Morello guitar solo on the violin. I'm yeah. Like, I'm watching, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> he's going for it. And he, he nailed it. Oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, to go a little bit even further than that, like I think initially he wanted to use like, uh, um, an octave pedal. Cause that's what Tom Morello uses in this solo. Right. And I told yep. him that I wanted things to be, you know, as pure as possible for the acoustic version. And he came up with a way to almost like play in a way where he was using an octave pedal. And so, yeah. yeah, So like our interaction, like our creative brains, like really came together to make something that was unique and, and still true to the original song. I, I, I was really pleased with it, you know, and, um, we didn't, we didn't really rehearse beforehand. Um, and I don't think we needed to just because of how good of a player he is. Um, mm. so we came in, uh, while our sound engineers and, and, uh, um, videographer were setting up the scene, we went, ran through the song like three or four times or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe do a little bit less of this, a little bit more of this. And yeah, after like three times going through it like we had something that we both liked so yeah yeah it was a really cool video like a, you know the performance aside it was a really well shot video but i just wanted to say like um i wouldn't have got to the well the violin solo if it wasn't for your performance so like chris cornell is my absolute favorite so i'm pretty uh 
pretty, you know, picky about when I watch someone else do a cover, um, so much so that I don't really do it myself. And um, But there was something about your performance that I noticed straight away. You had like a similar, it's hard to explain, but Cornell had this real honesty about him, you know, and it wasn't sort of, it was confident, but it wasn't like arrogant and um, it was, it's like a, a really beautiful thing and I can't explain it, but you sort of did the same thing in that performance and that was sort of what kept me watching and um, and then I enjoyed the rest of it, you know, the video itself from there and obviously the, the violin solo. So it was your, the way you delivered it that um, actually locked me in and then like you nailed the vocals as well, which as you would know is not freaking easy to sing a Chris Cornell song. So yeah, I just, just wanted to let you know that. Um, Oh, thank you, yeah, man. Sure because, yeah, thank you very much because, uh, yeah, that means a lot. That means a lot for you to say that because, you know, I, when I, when I decided that I wanted a violin, um, to be like a feature in the song, part of me, part of me doesn't like uh, uh, most musicians, I think part of me like doesn't believe in myself. And so I was like, okay, this violin is going to make people listen. You know what I mean? And they're going to make people like think, okay, this is, this is a cool different thing. And so they're going to like get through the vocals or something like that. You know, like that's what goes on in my like, um, stupid, like, you know, uh, self, uh, deprecating musician brain. I'm just like, I need a violin to get me through this song. And so for you to say that, um, it, it, it really means a lot. So thank you. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. Like, I hope I conveyed that properly because, um, I mean it like a hundred percent. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have bothered watching if, um, if I thought you were delivering it without, you know, being authentic. So I totally picked up on that and, um, yeah, from a huge Cornell fan, I just wanted you to know that. But, you know, it's a tribute to you as a musician yourself. And, you know, once I started listening to, to your music, it's like, wow, this is really, really good shit. So let's talk about it. Cool, <laughs> so man. Yeah. Your, um, uh, your debut album was called, where's my notes here? August. August Ash, yeah. August Ash, released in um, 2018. 10 songs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the story behind that is, um, so I live in Kelowna, BC and, um, I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate to this a little bit, maybe not. Well, I'm sure you guys can relate in Melbourne as well, but we actually have like some pretty intense fire seasons in, yeah. uh, in Kelowna. And I know you guys just went through probably the worst one your country's ever seen, right? One or, well, don't know if it was the worst like it was definitely really bad and then yeah yeah that was like the start of the year and then along <laughs> came corona and yeah you know the fires seemed like a distant distant memory but yeah it was it was, was a bad. terrible one you know whatever maybe this top 10 or top five or whatever but um yeah yeah so two years ago or um yeah i guess two years ago last may um we put out this album and during our first show nine months earlier, um, we had had one of the worst, 
um, wildfire seasons we'd ever seen. And we played our first show on August 29th. And the picture of the cover there is an actual picture that um, somebody took from his balcony. And we hardly modified it. Like we hardly colored it. Like that's what the city looked like. It was apocalyptic, you know? And so, um, so I had that picture on Facebook basically like, cause I'm friends with a guy and, uh, and we had our first show and rain or ash was raining down onto people's cars that day because it was so smoky. And, uh, you know, um, we had already picked the name of the carbons and we decided, well, this is pretty appropriate. Like, you know, being our first show and, um, you know, being from Kelowna as well and, and from BC and having like some pretty significant fire seasons. So, um, that's kind of where the name came from. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And are you working on a, a up to that album? Yeah. Um, so we pretty much have the album written at this point and, uh, we're just, uh, um, picking away at like the recording, like, and, and releasing it. It's, it's kind of a, a pretty crazy landscape right now in terms of like how to release music in 2020. Um, especially yeah. for an, like an up and coming band, you know, if you're Taylor Swift, like she just decided she's going to write like, you know, 16 songs and release it yesterday. And, you know, obviously yeah. she's got 200 million followers, so she doesn't give a shit. Like she'll just do what she wants. But when you're, you know, when you're trying to break out, um, I think the strategy is a little bit different. And so, um, so right now what we're doing is we're releasing, you know, one song at a time type of thing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we, we already have, um, a second album ready to go and it's, we were going to release it a lot sooner than what's going to happen now. But the thing is, if we can't tour, then it's really hard to justify releasing a full album. Yeah. Right. So you toured Canada in support of your debut album is that right that's right across canada yeah what was that like have you sort of been across the country before that just touring or just yeah so it it was incredible um it was my first time like doing an inner or or not international doing a national tour and um and canada's like pretty big as as you might know you know it's like it's a little bit bigger than, than Australia. And Australia is also massive. Like I drove from, from Sydney to Melbourne. It's a long drive, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Canada is like similar in that sense. And, and so to go across pretty much the whole country, like we did six provinces, um, mm. out of 10, but the, like the last like three or four, like really clumped together. So we pretty much did the whole country um and uh it was great like my family is actually from um montreal and so they're from like the opposite end of the country and i got to play um in front of like all my you know uh, elementary friends and and family and, and stuff like that and that was the first time um playing in front of them other than you know the acoustic thing at christmas type of thing where they're like oh play a french christmas song you know uh <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah so it was quite different and yeah. and you know it was really um it was really nice it was really nice to see them like finally you could see it in their face they're like oh 
that's what he's working on. I get it now. Yeah. You know, I've seen, now I've seen the live show. I get why he's so passionate about this. Cause I don't, if they don't see it, they're just like, Oh yeah. Tommy's just doing his music thing and it's probably not going anywhere. And you know, all whatever, like what normal people think, right. Because they're not in it. And I would think the same thing about a plumber. You know, I don't know anything about plumbing. So I would think like, Oh yeah. A plumber's just a plumber. But if I'm actually plumbing, I'm just like, Oh shit. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. I get your job. I get why you're doing this. Were you born in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. On the French, French yeah. side of things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are you in Vancouver now? Yeah, yeah. Now I am. I moved out here when I was 11. Right. So what was life for you as a musician before the carbons? What did you do before then? Uh, I had a few uh, different bands. Like I started off in metal. Like I used to be like huge metal head, like listening to Lamb of God and kill switch engage. And like, you know, the, like, death metal type of stuff. And then, uh, yeah. you know, over the years I've like slowly transitioned into like towards like John Mayer and Jack Johnson type of shit. And, uh, yeah. and now I'm like kind of in between, you know? <laughs> so, um, I, I've always like, um, loved rock and roll, like grew up on, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and like, you know, all those great bands. Um, but uh but yeah i've had i've had quite a few different bands i've played solo as well like i have a solo album that i put out i recorded most of it myself and stuff like that so yeah cool is that under your actual name i'd be keen to check that out no it's under like this hybrid name that um i kind of came up with it's like a french it's like a my last name but mixed like french and english together it's it's like teasdale but it's spelled like tease like teasing somebody and then l like the french word for her it's super complicated to explain and i'm gonna change it eventually (laughs) is it is it on spotify yeah all right so i've got tommy what what's the surname here i'll send you a little uh chat of how you spell it and then you'll be able to just look it up there it is to check that out yeah um so yeah, that was my humble beginnings. I was I've been thinking about like record, recording more solo stuff. Yeah. But um the band takes up so much time that um yeah, I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. It's um I've talked about it with other guests. Like it's nice to have both worlds, like the acoustic thing and then the full the full band thing. Um and I noticed with you you've definitely got the best of both worlds there. So that's why I'm pretty keen to check out your your solo stuff cool man yeah well and what i've been doing um uh recently like since i started the carbons is i just play the carbon stuff um acoustically because i feel like that's that's my best um use of my time you know like i might as well um i might as well just continue promoting the carbons acoustically as opposed to like starting a new project and working on that and not having my bandmates you know, support that as much as the, as the full project. Right. Yeah. Is the, uh, is the carbons music, is that mostly written on acoustic or are you sort of translating to acoustic? Yeah. Mo- uh, I'm mostly right on acoustic guitar because yeah. I feel that if, uh, if a song is good on acoustic guitar and vocals, then it's going to be good 
as a band, right? So yeah. that's usually where I start. Rarely do I, you know, play on the piano, but sometimes that happens. Um, and then, and then sometimes I have my electric guitar plug, plugged in and that's how it starts. But yeah, I, I usually try to, to make a song, at least a verse in the chorus out of an acoustic guitar. And then if I'm happy with that, then, then it goes further. Yeah. It, the yeah. carbons, you guys are four piece or three, three piece, three, three. Yeah. Cool. Maybe one day we'll be a four piece. Yeah. Get an extra guitarist or, uh, I'd love key, to, I'd love keyboards. to like, you know, what is that? Or, or keyboards or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have, I'd love to have one more guy who can play keyboard, maybe violin oh, and, yeah. and guitar, you know, yeah. like the one dude that you have to pay him like a lot of money <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like show up. Yeah. <laughs> but bring all like, these different super, instruments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's like super worth it. So right yeah. now we're not making enough money for that, but at one point I'm hoping <laughs> yeah, that we yeah. can just hire that guy. Yeah. Or hopefully before then there's a guy that shows up. He's like, Hey man, I'm way better at all my instruments than you are, <laughs> but I like your songwriting. Can yeah. I not play with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's That'd a tough like, goal. Unlikely to happen, but that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I remember when I was sort of researching you guys for your latest, oh, is uh, Superheroes, is that your latest single? That's the latest, yeah. Yeah, you were you were donating the um, Spotify proceeds from that. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I, uh, I've donated $120 so far. Um, I haven't checked it in the last couple of weeks, but I think... I think I'm pretty caught up. I try to like stay caught up to it. Um, so 89,000, it's basically like a third of a cent per play. So 89,000 times 0.003. Oh shit. I'm way behind. <laughs> yeah. So I still need to donate like $140. But yeah, I've donated, I've donated already like 120 bucks and uh, plus an additional like, I think an additional like $80 or something for like, we, we made another post about double liking our like uh, Instagram an Instagram post about it. So, um, but yeah, wow, that's crazy. I haven't, I hadn't even like checked it in that long. Like we've got like <laughs> almost a hundred thousand plays on it on Spotify. So that equates to like 250 bucks. Yeah. Just, just say that again for people who, uh, like just how shit of a deal that is for the musician. Yeah. So every play on Spotify earns the artist um, a third of a cent. So every three plays is one cent. Yeah. yeah. So you've had what? 90,000 streams. Yeah. Almost 90,000. Yeah. And that's. Which, <laughs> which equates to 200. $250 Canadian uh, roughly. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Um. My opinion on this is not, uh, is dismal the right word or like, it's not, I'm not that pissed about it. Um, because yeah. So for example, when a radio station uh, plays your song and this is not a popular opinion, but, um, when a radio station plays your song, like they give you about a dollar per play, but their audience is 10,000 people. Like the radio station, like 
access is about 10,000 people. So if you divide that per person, the radio station is actually paying you less than Spotify. Mm, yeah. So yeah. I don't know that, I don't know the radio stations have spoken up about this or that, you know, yeah. and again, this is a thing that's like the information is like really tough to get at and nobody understands this new technology and I'm struggling to understand it. And I just spent the last two years, like pretty much doing all of my work. Like I already had like all these songs written and well, most of them, but most of my time was spent like understanding Spotify and social media in the last two years. And, um, and it's still like super fucking confusing, but sure. I would like more money. Um, but the nice thing about Spotify is that, um, it can potentially connect you to a million people where you would have never been able to do that before without a huge label. Like, so for example, like I've spent like just on Spotify ads, let's say like, uh, well, I was telling you about like the $3,000 that I paid for a PR like earlier. Um, per, or wait, did I tell you that? No, that was somebody else. No. Okay. So let's, okay. So let's talk about, um, promotions and PR. So, um, what does PR even stand for? Public relations? No, but basically it's promotions. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So on the band I've spent, I spent, 12 grand on the first album. And then in the last few singles that we put out, like the last four singles, I've probably spent another 8,000 bucks or something like that. So let's round it to like $20,000 just on recording. Right. Um, Yeah. And then I've spent probably, well, 3,000 on one dude. And then 2000 on like Facebook and another thought, let's say $10,000 on promotions. Right. Um, that's like normal. That's normal for a business. Like, you know, if you, I remember reading up on Spider-Man two, when that came out in like whatever, 2001, 2002, half their budget was spent on marketing. And I think a lot of musicians like are afraid to, to pay somebody to, to market for them. And rightfully so, because there's a lot of people who are just not good at it and say that they're good at it. Yeah. But if you do the research yourself and you get good at marketing yourself, like you have, if you don't, if you won't invest in your own music, like who will, right? Like you need to yeah. put in $5 to boost your ad on, on Facebook or whatever. Right. Um, but, um, I just want to tie this back. Like we were talking about, you know, Spotify and, um, shit. How do we derail into this train? No, it all, it all ties in. I mean, you know, Spotify is a great vehicle for your music to put it in the hands of, like you said, potentially millions of people. Right. Um, this is where I was going with this. So I've spent about $10,000 to market our music and we've reached, you know, thousands and maybe even millions of people. I don't have the data like right in front of me, but I know we've had like hundreds of thousands of impressions and we've had, you know, we definitely have had a hundred thousand views on some, 
uh, something. So do we have a hundred thousand fans? No, but we have, we have super fans, right? And we have people who have bought our merch that I've never met them in, in my life. They're not friends. They're not family friends. They're not friends of friends. They just like found us online and decided that, Hey, I actually like this music because we've, you know, we've targeted our ad in, in a, um, in a way that is reaching the right audience. And, you know, are we the best at that? Hell no, we're not the best at it, but we're getting better at it. And the point was, you know, as little as Spotify pays you, it allows you to reach people all across the globe. Right. And, um, and it's tough to get a return on your investment at, at the beginning, but that's true of any business, you know, like, um, like Apple, for example, you know, they, they didn't start making money until like 10 or 20 years down the road. Mm. So that's what I think of Spotify. <laughs> yeah. <Sure>. long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think a lot of bands, I remember, you know, the study that I've done is a lot of bands just spend money on recording, but they don't spend any on the promotion, on the PR side of things. Yeah. And well, nobody tells you about it. It's, nobody teaches you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've never been to like music school, but I'd be very surprised if any of them teach you about marketing at music school. I had to yeah. like, I had to learn the, the hard way. Sorry. I'm just going to turn off my AC because I, I bet you that's all you can hear right now. I like, <laughs> <laughs> are you guys in summer over there? That? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's summer. It's are like you in super s- hot outside right now. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh man. I miss the heat. I miss the heat. I hate the cold weather. We're in winter. How cold like is it I for you right now? Oh, look, it's not that cold. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> you know, 15, degree, 15 Celsius. Look, this is my alarm yeah. saying I have a meeting with you right now. I'm an hour late. That's <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, putting money into and, promotion. Oh, and how musicians don't, yeah, you know, spend a lot of money yeah. on recording, but not on promotion. And how nobody teaches yeah. you this stuff. Like, I had, I had to do so much research on YouTube and, uh, thank goodness I came across this, um, this guy, uh, his name is Damien keys. I don't know if you know him. Okay. Do you know him? No, no, no. he's, uh, no, he's no. from uh, the UK. He's incredible, man. He's just like got such a great personality and he loves all the same bands as I do. Like, um like the Foo fighters and he loves john mayer and anyways like uh, you know we have a lot of um things in common it seems like in terms of music and uh and he just says it the way it is he doesn't like make excuses just like go and fucking get what you want like that's what you need to do mm. as a musician it's like make your music and then make a plan promote it and then you know, private message people be like, Hey man, have you listened to my song? Oh yeah. I know you have a busy life. Here's, here's the link. Let me know what you think. Right. There's, there's no real template for this sort of thing. Is there, or is there coming, you know, going through your research? Cause you've probably done it more recent than I have, you know, is there, is there a rough template for this sort of thing or does it depend what sort of style music you're putting out there? The, uh, what do you think? Well, the only, I don't know if it's a template or if it's secret or what it is, but 
You know, the closest thing to a template or a secret that I've found recently is that you just need to make genuine connections over and over again. Right. Mm. Um, look at what's happening right now. Like that's, that's what I try to do every day now. Um, and it seems so, you know, it seems so obvious, but we forget about it. Everybody's looking for like the secret sauce. Like, okay, what's going to take me from a thousand followers to a hundred thousand followers. And the answer is make a genuine connection every day and have a great conversation with somebody, you know? And, um, I don't know, maybe we need to say that more often for people to, to know that. Cause trust me, like, so I've been at this for like almost three years now. Um, and the, in the first year, so I know I've been like in other bands before, but like the carbon's like the real deal in terms of like, I quit my job. I want to do this. I wrote like a bunch of songs. I put out a full album and, um, like it's go time type of thing, you know, whereas like I was kind of dilly dallying before trying shit out, trying different studios and whatever. But in the last three years, like the first year I thought, okay, we need a manager and we need a record label and they're going to make us huge. When in reality, it's just like, no, they're going to just take our money. They're just going to, if, yeah, yeah really. Um, if somebody's going to invest in you, when you have not invested in yourself, you're not going to win. You're, they're basically going to own you is what's going to happen. Mm. Right. So yeah. initially this is what I thought. I thought we needed to look cool. I thought we needed to do, you know, um, you need to get a manager, get a label and, you know, play stadiums or, or, you know, only get like all the best shows. And then over the last year or so, um, I've realized that it's all about making genuine connections. Like when somebody comments on, on your post, like say, Hey, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, how have you been doing? And like get into the DMS if you need to, you know, if you want to talk about some real shit and like take 10 minutes, most people don't get 10 minutes of attention from anyone you know, mm. this, even their significant other every day. So like for you, if somebody's a fan of your music and like my family doesn't even like, like my music as much as my fans do, you know? So if a fan comes up and says like, wow, I love this song. It's, it's transformed me or whatever they're going to say. You need to take that and spend half an hour with that person. If you do that, mm. then you've really given them more than anyone has that week and maybe that month. And if you can do that consistently, then you're going to be successful. And that doesn't mean you're going to have, you know, 30 million fans, but you will have a thousand fans who will give you enough money that you can, you know, live, eat well, buy some beers and, and, and do some shows. A thousand dedicated fans rather than 30 million. Uh, I won't say wish-washy, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Half, half a tentative fan. Yeah. Yeah. Or 30 million fans that you bought basically. Right. 
Yeah. 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 Like, do you think we get, I don't know how to word this properly, but we sort of get caught up in ourselves a lot of the time, like trying to post our own things on social media about ourselves and we kind of miss how to interact with us. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I I do know what you're saying. Um, yeah, it took me it took me a, a while to figure that out as well. Like, um, yeah. yeah, I think what you're trying to say is that we think that our life is super interesting, um, and so we're going to post about it, and we're going to expect people to want to know more, as opposed to like asking our audience a question. You know, like asking the audience what they think, that's what people want. They want to start a conversation. It's, it's funny. Like we post on social media in a completely different way that we would have a conversation with somebody, right? Like if I came on here and was talking to you and I was just like sitting back like this and just like waiting for you to ask me questions about my band and about each song and expecting you to know every little detail about every song, like the conversation will go nowhere. Right. But if, if instead I'm engaged and I want to know what you think about something and I, um, and I'm asking you questions like, okay, well, what do you think about this? Like, um, I know obviously a little bit about Australia cause I was just there. And so I'm asking you about like your fire season or whatever. Right. Like, your your fan base and and if it's if if you're just starting out and your fan base is your family and friends then ask your family and friends how they're doing you know and and ask them about their lives like it's it's a give and take type of thing like i think as a musician like you create something and you you might want people to relate to it but most people are just worried about paying their rent and, and, and buying food, you know? And so you got to engage with yep. them. You have to be proactive about that, that kind of stuff. Well, I think what we're talking about in a nutshell goes back to what we started with and how you and I got to talking. It's like, I saw your video, um, as a musician myself, I knew I had to, you know, give you a little bit more Perfect. as in a comment. Now you could have easily just accepted that comment and maybe giving me a thumbs up but you took the extra time to comment back um and notice that i was a musician and you asked about me and that just opened up to where we you know that opened up the path to to go where we are now and have an actual conversation so you know now we're uh you know friends on the other side of the world sort of thing so it's kind of a good example a perfect example really you know, you took that extra. Well, I mean, um, and, um, I'd be a hypocrite if I wasn't like <laughs> trying to live it, you know, and, and I'm happy. Yeah. And this is the thing. Um, what's crazy about this strategy, if you will, is that you actually want to be doing this. Like what you want as a human being or as a, a musician, you don't want all like a thousand people to just shower you with uh, applause and not know any of them like that might feel good for a night but if that's all you have you're not gonna feel fulfilled inside 
But if you know, if you mm-hmm. go to like 10 cities and there's a thousand people at each city and you actually have a genuine relationship with like 10 people per city, because you were there like five years ago when you were no one. Right. And those people are coming out and they're like having a great conversation with you. Like, Hey, fucking Johnny, man, you've been here. Like, you know, the last five times you we were here that fuels your soul. Right. But if you, if yeah. all you have yeah. is a thousand people because the radio pumped you for a year and you have a thousand people you, you don't know, um, that's going to feel good yeah. while you're on stage, but then you're going to get off stage and you're going to drink all night and pass out and do it all over again. And every room's going to look the same. So yeah, nice. it's funny. It's like, it's, it's a strategy, yeah. but it's not, it's like a strategy for yeah. life. Like that's how you want to live your life. And so that's how you want to live. If, if music is your business and if music is your goal and and you want to take, you know, every hour of the day to make your music, um, your livelihood, then you need to think about it this way, in my opinion. Well, there's a real human element to that, a human interaction element, which is probably even more important, like right now than, than, than ever you know especially with with all the social media like that's that's the introduction but you know now we're talking face to face but like with this whole covid thing you know all this all these new things that have been introduced to separate us basically you know whether it's standing six feet apart wearing face masks um you know there's a lot of things that have put a barrier in between us i know the reasoning behind it but that's not the point what i'm trying to say is like the human interaction thing is more important now than than ever and i hope we don't lose that i hope we can focus yeah and the problem is it's um it's not tangible right like we don't i think we we almost have the technology to measure it you know but we we Mm. can't quite measure how beneficial um, one-on-one conversations are uh, in terms of like um, psychological health, right? Or mental health. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we finally got to do it. Uh, you know, even though it's between a computer, but you know, one day when the countries are opened up again and you guys tour down here, um, you know, I you'll so, have, a, have another friend down in Melbourne. Dude, when we were, uh, <laughs> When we were touring uh, in Australia, and once we got to Melbourne, we were like, "We're moving here." Like, yep. we honestly, like, all three of us in the band were just like, "Are you guys down?" Like, I'm fucking down <laughs> to move here, and <laughs> we had been working on it before COVID. We we're just like, "Okay, when when is a good time to actually move to Melbourne?" Like, we we were th- seriously thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hopefully. Uh, that dream can become a reality because you guys in the music scene is incredible. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like, you know, once it's opened up, yeah. again, it's, I think it's going to change a bit, which I'm a bit worried about, but um, yeah. either way, you know, we'll, we'll figure out ways to, to make it happen. But, you know, we don't have the Canadian Rockies here, so, <laughs> you know, they look pretty damn nice. Yeah. yeah, That's pretty sweet. I think I have a feeling that, just thought about this like was it yesterday or a couple days ago i have a feeling that's what's going to happen is like you know 
all the folk and country artists are going to start playing backyard shows and all the, uh, the punk and rock artists are going to start playing basement shows and, and then warehouse warehouses, like abandoned warehouses. And it might just be, might just be cool for a bit. Yeah. I don't know that that is the only small piece of positivity in terms of the music industry that I've found in the last four months. Um, so I hope I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, we'll find out, we'll find ways to, to still do it. Yeah. You, know? you know, even if we've lost some venues along the way, which I think we will here, we have already, um, you know, musicians are pretty resourceful, so we'll figure out. Yeah. I think every band, <laughs> we'll figure out a way. Every band's going to turn into like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> hey, weren't they, they were going to do uh, some shows, weren't they, with, with Zach back on vocals? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they had a summer tour, actually. I, um, I was going to go see them, and now maybe yeah. it's next year. Damn. Yeah. Because that's, that's been, uh, that's been brewing for a little while, hasn't it? The Rage uh, reunion. Yeah. 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 Now, now we need them now more than ever. Yeah. Well, what was the, uh, they had Chuck, Chuck D and the guy from Cypress Hill. What was that band they sort of had? Um, yeah. It was the Rage band and then they had Chuck D and the guy from Cypress. Yeah. Gone totally blank. I know, I know what totally you're talking about. I'm drawing a blank too. Anyway, they they finished up, and then looks like Rage we're gonna get back. So hopefully that's still on the cards when the time's right. That'd be good to see. That would be good to see. I've never seen them live. Um, I never saw Audio Slave either. Uh, I've seen uh, Foo Fighters. Um, yeah, I've never seen Rage. Would love to see Tom Morello live. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him on the first Audio Slave tour with the first album, and they just played that whole album through, which yeah. was amazing. Um, didn't didn't see Rage though, but um, mm. yeah, uh, so many so many tours cancelled. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, no, dude. I feel yeah. bad. You know how I feel bad for is like the musicians who were about to have their breakthrough. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. like, sure. I feel bad for everyone, but like who yeah. I feel like the worst for is, um, there's this band out here called, um, the blue stones. And, uh, they just, they had their first album, which, you know, they got on the radio and stuff like that. And, uh, it, it's a great album. And then they put out this single earlier this year called, um, shaking off the rust. And it's an incredible song. And, I don't know what it hit in terms of like radio charts, but like they're about to like break through and have like, you know, not a full arena tour, but like, you know, some arenas and like, like large, um, clubs and then fucking COVID hit. And I'm just yeah. like, Oh, I hope people don't forget <laughs> about this band. Cause they deserve it. Their song is so good. You know? Mm. Oh man. It just fucked up so many things. It's incredible. Yeah. It's just such a such a surreal thing. I mean, who 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 knows what's in store next? I saw something yesterday about um the Pentagon releasing something about 
aliens or something. Did you see that? No. I think um I think they were talking on the about they were talking about it on a recent Joe Rogan show. So um yeah, something about declassifying something about vehicles or something like that. I should have done my research before I spilled this out. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw something and I thought, oh, yeah, 2020, why not? Yeah. Who knows what's in store next? So yeah, I did just see, a crazy uh, year. Or, um, unless you're talking about like um, there was a, a UFO sighting um, that they oh, – fuck, where was it? I can't remember where it was, but it was in the States somewhere where like there was – an or like – in the Pacific ocean on, on the West coast where, um, there was actual footage of this, uh, unidentified flying object, um, you know, basically going straight up, um, to me, like kind of seems like a, uh, um, like a drone, but they were saying that it was at a speed that was, you know, um, uh, un, uh, not unimaginable, but like unattainable by anything that they know is is possible. Yep. And uh, and they, yeah, they released the footage. They're saying, okay, like we saw this. This is not a conspiracy. This is true. And the Pentagon released the information saying that this is true. And that, but that was like two months ago, or like it was a while ago. Yeah. No, this was. Uh, I'm just trying to. Look it up while you're rambling. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. So, Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. Um, it was something to do with vehicles, like off-world vehicles. It was really weird, and I didn't understand it. And I was gonna, I was gonna tune into that Rogan episode to try to get a bit more sense because I'm, I'm fascinated by this shit. Yeah. Like, you should check it out. Um, and uh, I know he is too. I'll send you a, send you a link. Um, there's a guy that does a, do you listen to like, um, alien podcasts? No, I haven't actually. Okay. I'll send you. If you've got a good one, I'd be pretty keen. To yeah. I got, I got a good one. I'll send it to you. Oh, here we go. Uh, it's called alien theorists theorizing. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, were you were you on that, or did yeah. you share a link? <laughs> you were on it. Oh or? no, I, I wasn't speaking on it. But um, they they uh, featured like a song of ours before. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're they're pretty popular. They have like um, they have a bunch of patrons on Patreon. Like they're doing really well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is with the Pentagon's recent statement that not only are UFOs real, but that, that they have recovered a craft that is not from this world. Um, I encourage anyone who hasn't listened to last week's podcast with Jeremy Corbell or Corbell, blah, 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 go and check it out. So yeah, that's definitely, wow. all right, I'm going to, I'm going to have to look into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Man, very interesting. Just getting weirder and weirder. Like, yeah, oh, I was yeah. just talking to somebody about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Like, you know, if you wrote the script for 2020 and like put out a movie, like we're only halfway through the year. Like, who knows what the fuck's gonna yeah. happen now? Nobody, like, everyone would turn it off because they're like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like, 
You know, let's say you start. <laughs> Have you ever seen Dude Where's My Car? Not for a long time. You've seen it before, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. at the beginning of the movie, they're like in outer space or whatever. And it, there's like um, uh, a couple lines that say um, the following events are based on real events. Only the names, locations, and events have been modified. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, this year is so crazy that like, yeah. you couldn't make a movie saying that this happened and people would not believe it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard to, and to wrap your head around it as we're going along is just, it's really, really strange. But yeah. Uh, so what it what what have the carbons got next? Like, have you got another single dropping soon, or what what can we expect? Yeah, um, we have one more like single. So basically, we have a ten song album ready to go. Um, we're trying to figure out, you know, how to best release it, when yeah. to release it, and obviously, like everything changes day to day but we have one more song that we want to put out before the album comes out. Yeah. So at this point, you know, I'm wondering, okay, should we hold off on the single until, you know, the floodgates are open and we're like, okay, we're okay to tour again. Right. Cause, um, we released superheroes. It's one of our biggest songs. Um, it's done really well. But the, like what I was saying before, like, you know, we have almost a hundred thousand streams on Spotify and that equates to $250 where we can make a profit is by playing shows. So if we can't yeah. play shows, then it's really hard to justify spending money on recording and putting out music. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough to know, but we definitely have more music coming. We're definitely not yeah. stopping. It's just a matter of like when we're putting stuff out, we don't know. Um, we started writing a third album actually. So we're like three songs deep into album three already. Um, and, uh, and the reason that we're like, you know, these three songs are not part of the second album is because they sound quite a bit different. So we know that it's like a third album. Um, but yeah, there's lots more coming. We just finished shooting a music video. We got, yeah, tons of stuff coming down a pipe. We just don't know when we're yeah. releasing all of it, you know. So where can uh, people check you guys out? What's the best, where's the best spot to check you guys out and follow um, you? You should tr start with Tinder. Uh, check out the Carbons on Tinder. <laughs> Swipe yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, is it, oh, block. Is it a block. One? Which one's good? I uh, can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember now. I think. Have you I ever was, had Tinder? Yeah, yeah, I have. I've never had it. I've, <laughs> I've actually like used it on my Australian friend's account. Like, I was traveling <laughs> traveling with like uh, three Australian dudes uh, in Brazil. And they were like all single and trying to get laid super hard. And I was like, this was like when Tinder was starting and like, they would seriously just look at me, like have a conversation and just be like swiping. Right. And I'm just like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, I'm just swiping. Right, dude. <laughs> it's, it's like a numbers game. It's yeah. such a weird thing. It's so weird. But so anyways, so I think right is good. Right. 
I think so from memory, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure swiping right is a good thing. Yeah. But um, no, in, in all seriousness, like um, our, we're mostly active on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, yep. and Facebook. Cool. But if yep. you Google the carbons, um, yeah, anything you want will come up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll chuck a link in the show notes as I always do and um, go and check out the new single, Superheroes. Really yeah, cool song. Dude. Yeah. Well, lovely to have you on the show, Tommy. Great to chat with you. Same here, man. We'll have to do it again, uh, you know, in a few months once you uh, start releasing some new music. (laughs) If we're all still here. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Get your vitamin D, people. Yes, vitamin D. That's it. Get on it. All right, man. thanks Thanks for coming on. Great to chat with you. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and uh, go and check out the Carbons and, um, yeah, follow them on the, on the socials. And uh, we'll catch you guys again for another episode soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.